Will gets the puck for Carrier. He gets stripped, taps the loose puck for Kessel. He scores! Kessel from below the goal line! Because one hour isn't enough. We welcome you back for hour number two of the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Knights grab it on the right wing side. Smith to the point. Petrangelo scores! Set up by Riley Smith. Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios and live at lbsportsnetwork.com with your hosts Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. First time we've seen the Golden Knights at T-Mobile Arena in a while, but we're looking at a team that's really turned the corner since the All-Star break in a number of different areas. We're getting into it in just a little bit. The power play has scored in its last two games and found the net in three of the five games on the road trip. But go back further. The Golden Knights come into this game riding a three-game winning streak at home, which dates back to the sweep of that run right before they went out on the five-gamer to Florida. And that is something that I think that they can cling to. 21 wins on the season at home Mm -hmm. and on the road. Very balanced. And Vegas is up to a top-10 winning percentage on home ice. Hmm. Remember start of the season? What's wrong at home? Yeah. And there was there was concern there. Sure. And Coach Bruce Cassidy was searching for an answer. The players were searching for an answer. They love this arena. They love this atmosphere. Why weren't they able to put it on display and convert this being into points? They found a way and that might be one of the most encouraging things that we've witnessed and trying to continue that tonight to add to uh, the winning streak, which can reach four. Yeah, the the beautiful thing about it is like the Golden Knights have won quite a bit recently on home ice. They have certainly righted the ship here inside T-Mobile Arena. And, you know, you've got some impressive wins, too, against impressive teams, Tampa Bay, Carolina. New Jersey. You've done it in different ways, but the Golden Knights have put together a great run here. And as Bruce Cassidy kind of said at the time, when you're when you're searching for it, when you see kind of a, a regression in terms of your win percentage on home ice, you expect that that's going to balance out. You expect that at some point you're going to have a run, and certainly the Golden Knights are in the midst of that run right now. The last nine on fire. Yeah. For, for the Vegas Golden Knights. And they're up to 21 13 and 2 uh, at at home right now. That's that's eighth best in the National Hockey League. Is it now has it righted itself in your eyes? I mean, I I don't know that I have concerns about their ability to win on home ice. I, I think right now the the Golden Knights are going and they're going well. And I believe that there's home ice advantage here. I believe that this is a building that has a great atmosphere and you know, whether or not there's opposition fans in the building or not, you, you have a lot of energy and you kind of feed off of that. I, I think the Golden Knights are fine in any situation, on the road, at home. This is a team that's proven throughout this year so far that they can win in any situation. So the success goes back to late January. Mm-hmm. It was the game right before they went on, on a road trip to Arizona, New Jersey. It was the, the road trip that took them into the All-Star break. Yep. And they were having trouble scoring. But that was the turnaround game, the thought, the game that we thought was going to jumpstart everything. That's where this dates back to, beating the Washington Capitals yeah. on home ice, in which they scored six goals, and things uh, went great. Counting that game and the next eight, the Vegas Golden Knights are 8-0-1. Hmm. 
at home. Yeah, and, and it's not just that they're that good, as if you can add on to that, but I can. <laughs> they beat Washington, mm-hmm. took advantage of Ovechkin not being in the lineup. Then beat some lower-end teams, which you would hope that you would find a way to do that. But beat Tampa at home. Beat the Carolina Hurricanes at home. Beat the New Jersey Devils at yeah. home. Yeah. You're beating elite teams from the Eastern Conference as part of this 8-0-1 stretch at T-Mobile Arena. Yeah, I mean, you've, you've done it against great competition, and, you know, not just, again, not just at home, but on the road, too. The Golden Knights have, have been phenomenal against some of the best teams in the Eastern Conference. And I, I think right now, if you're if you're a Golden Knights fan, you're coming to the rink, and you're at that point in the year, I, I believe, where you're expecting to see this team win on home ice. That's where the Golden Knights are. That's what they've been able to do over their last 10 games on home ice. They've turned that perception on its head that they are unable to win in this building. What's been the most impressive part, or can you put a finger on why they've turned the corner? Uh, I can't really put a a finger on it. I mean, I think that a lot of this coincides naturally with getting all six of your defensemen back in the lineup. Shea Theodore healthy, Zach Whitecloud healthy. I think when this team has had all six defensemen that they envisioned having in their lineup at the beginning of the season, they have been absolutely bonkers. They've been so, so good and so connected in defending, in creating offense. Every metric you look at, this team has it when they've got all six defensemen in there. So if you're going to distill it down to one thing, I would say it's that. But Which it, which has fulfilled the winning prophecy at Run the Road, too, right? Yeah, yeah, 100%. 100%. And it's it's really... But I'm more looking for, why are we seeing a different result I, at home? I don't know. I, just, I You know what that tells you? Mm. You didn't know what the problem was when they were what? I don't, producing points. I don't, I don't think anybody knew right, what the problem right. was, right? It's, 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 it was... A search by so many people uh, from Shane and Dave and Mm -hmm. myself and you. uh, Everybody was trying to find some reason why the Vegas Golden Knights were so much better on the road than they were at home. Were they trying to put on a show for the hometown fans? I never really buy into that, but I understand it. Sure, I don't really buy into it that you're going to make an extra pass uh, at home to try and make a fancier play than than you would on, on the road, but more experienced people in the National Hockey League have have uttered that, and so I I can't dismiss it out of hand. Uh, There's also the side of uh, you're more focused on the road than you are at home. Yeah, there's something to that sure. because you've got you've got real life at home and on the road. Uh, you you get into a routine of just being with your buddies, mm-hmm. and and as somebody that was have been has been on the road for the last three months with with this team. I get into a routine with with my coworkers, my my team, my buddies. Uh, there there is part of that where where you you just next what's the next appointment that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, so there, there's there's that part of it. But I, from a performance standpoint, they're, they're scoring a lot more. Right. A lot more at home. And and I again I think that that leads into okay if you're going to point to something tangible that you can see with your own eyes that you can believe in. I think it goes back to the six defensemen. But in terms of why the Golden Knights are winning right now at home versus where they were at earlier on in the year, where it just wasn't clicking, it just wasn't working, I don't know that there's one answer. I don't know that it's anything more than the ebbs and flows of an 82-game season and the ebbs and flows of where you get certain, where you get hot and, and when you're cold. Like I think that 
it's just one of those things that over the course of a season, you naturally kind of balance itself out, and it, it, it certainly has gone in the right direction for Vegas of late. So there's nine games. They've been limited to two goals twice. Managed to win one, and they lost one. Yeah. But only been limited to two goals twice yeah. in that stretch. There you go. That That's why. And... and it's not even because I was I was spinning my brain like what is it? And Mark Stone came to my my head. Sure, like he's the guy that electrifies this crowd. That gets so into it, and and they've done this without him. Yeah, yeah. which is even more impressive uh, on that side that they haven't had that natural kickstart from their captain. Yeah, and and you know again I, I think that that's kind of one of those things that points to. It just being something that that isn't necessarily explainable in, in one situation. Like if Mark Stone was here and healthy, yeah. and Mark Stone was was putting together two three point nights every single night over the course of this this run, I think you point to that and you say, okay, there's an emotional yeah, uptick. But that's not there, so that that leaves me going with you in things balance out. Yeah, and things were always gonna. If you're a good team, it will eventually right itself. Yeah. For which sure. is which is what it's ha- what's happened. The road record kind of mm-hmm. came back to them a little bit, mm-hmm. and the home record improved a little bit. Yeah, one hundred percent. And that's the that's the most important thing, you know. When when you can go through a season and you know you've got fourteen games left and you've got twenty one wins at home and on the road, when you've proven that you have the ability to go into any building and win hockey games against some of the best in the league. You shouldn't be in a position where you feel out of sorts in any environment. And I think more than anything, the Golden Knights, their ability to be balanced at home and on the road is one of their strongest suits as we get closer and closer to the playoffs. A couple of numbers for you. As Ryan pointed out, the top six defensemen being in the lineup. But yeah. that's been the case since the All-Star break when Zach Whitecloud returned to the fold. Shea Theodore was back right before the break. The Golden Knights, with, without, this is without their top six defensemen, are 14, 12, and 3. Two games above modern-day 500. With the top six defensemen, they're 13, 2, and 2 in the last 17. Yep. But on the season, 28, 8, and 3. So you've got a 750 winning percentage versus a 534. Yeah. That's That's striking. And and it goes deeper than that. With the top six, their goals four are three and a half. Without, it's 279. So you're not quite a goal less. But on the the negative side of scoring more than half a goal less. Mm Mm-hmm. So that's that's significant as well, and you'd expect you'd allow more goals, but that's not as as striking as they're scoring more goals mm-hmm. with the top six, which is uh, which is impressive. Yeah, I mean, again, it, it's been the strong suit of this Golden Knights team. It has been the backbone for me of this Golden Knights team. When you have all six of your defensemen in the lineup, and you have the pairs the way you want them to, Martinez and Petrangelo, McNabb and Theodore. Hague and White Cloud, there's just something about the configuration, something about the matchups that you can get and create, and just how comfortable and familiar all of those guys are with one another. They're 
They're able to sort out their coverages in the defensive zone. They're able to get pucks out of the zone quickly and transition toward offense. Shea Theodore has been phenomenal since coming back into the lineup, racking up the points. You mentioned the power play is going of late. A lot of it's been funneled through Shea Theodore and a, a, a green light to shoot the puck and get the puck through. We've talked about his sifter, his ability to get it there. I think the defense is really the identity of this Golden Knights team right now, and you see it in the numbers when they're healthy versus when they're out of the lineup. Deepest defense in the National Hockey League. Uh, Bruce Cassidy spoke today. Among the things, he discussed the injuries uh, that have uh, sidelined certain players, talking about the goaltenders uh, on their way back, uh, Laurent Brassois, Logan Thompson, Aiden Hill, uh, all on the sidelines. He gave an update on that front. Also talked about... Jack Eichel being moved on the power play now patrols the top, uh, the umbrella, so to speak. And he's got Shea Theodore and Jonathan Marchessault on the wings. They call it an elbow, but on the wings uh, for that one-timer spot. And uh, Dorofiev, uh, Pavel Dorofiev, and uh, his rise over the last uh, couple of games as he has scored in consecutive outings uh, returning to the National Hockey League. Here's Bruce Cassidy this morning. Well, they're back skating, so that's encouraging. Uh, they've done a little work by themselves. That was step one. Well, we were away. Now they're going to integrate some shooting and hopefully be in a full practice soon. So um, that's good news. We won't obviously neither one will back up tonight. I don't believe Sunday, but let's get through the next couple of days and go from there. As you get closer, I mean, we have a plan, but until they're cleared, like it's hard to stick. You know what I mean? Right. Like we have hypoth, I guess hypotheticals, right? If they're ready, this date will go this way. If they're ready, and kind of down the list. So, I guess the way it's gone this year, I mean, it's to me, it's quick and Patera right now until they're physically cleared to play. Um, that's what we're going with, and we're going to try to judge our score, our schedule accordingly. Obviously, we have an idea from the medical team. You know, if they're progressing well, which I understand they are, then they'll be ready by a certain date. But there's no use defining that date until I get it from them, right? So that, that's where we're at right now. But they're obviously a lot closer than they were uh, when we left on the trip. Is there any of the skating as well? Uh, he's not skating, so he's a little farther out. So um, yeah, unfortunately for him, it's stretching out maybe longer than we originally thought. But you know, again, until he gets on the ice, we won't know. But the, the other two are definitely ahead of Aiden. Yeah, it's the one that set him back, so this just hasn't recovered as quickly as the other guys, or maybe they, I don't even know what to, you know, how to say it, but initial diagnosis, you know, a little longer than, than maybe we thought, but again, I, I can't even really speak to it till he gets on the ice, because we didn't have a firm diagnosis either, it's one of those low body injuries, it's going to take time, and when he's ready, he's ready. Uh, with Coley, what was his date? It was, he played in Carolina on Saturday, right? So he's, um, he's doing better. Um, and should be, I would say next week, we'll see him on the ice or, or, or days today, Thursday. Yeah. Uh, Will, uh, he's still a ways away. Uh, 
Uh, we weren't generating enough at the net, I thought. Uh, Theo's got a great shot. When he's at the top, he sees the ice well. He's distributed. It's more of a wrist shot. On the elbow, he can pound it. Um, and even there, he can still see the ice. I mean, a defenseman on the elbow making plays, they're not necessarily running it through him, but he can certainly distribute or shoot from there. And Marshy's in his... Marshy's in the best spot that he's performed in on that elbow. It just happens that Jack's played there most of his life. So, you know, they can't both stand there beside each other. It would look stupid, right? So we can't do that. Um, so we move Jack up top. He's never played there, but he likes to, you know, handle the puck and you do up top. He's got to be mindful of breakdowns can come back at you in a hurry. So he'll just have to get used to it. We'll see how it goes. We had a good first, first game with it. Um, Stevie's in his spot. We put Barbashev in the, in the net front. Now the line is together as well. So maybe some chemistry develops in the other group. You've got now Carly and Smitty that play together. We know their chemistry's there. Um, and, and Pav's on it now. So even in game, if you know, sometimes you'll get a guy on the ice, draws the penalties, fatigued, he's with the group and they're mixed up. That's you live with that. This way it's it's a little easier to to send a group over the boards knowing that they should be fresh. If it's like an example, if Jack's line draws the penalty late in a the shift, then you just, you know, Carly's line's all fresh to go. And um, so that it's a little bit easier that way when they're in lines. I've never been a huge believer in that, but it can help. Inside presence is both his goals were scored around the front of the net. Had some good looks there. He's kept pucks alive there behind the net, front of the net, protected them. Um, it's been fine off the rush as well. Had a couple of looks, so different ways to create offense. I think the biggest thing for me is, and the test is still there, and this will be an even bigger one, strong on pucks. Can you, can you play in this league and be strong on pucks every night? So two nights he has been. Um, Calgary's a, a big team that plays heavy, so again, it'd be a good test for him. Um, you know, we know what he can do in space. Um, he scored down the American League level. We know he's got some of that in him, rush uh, IQ. We saw that in training camp. It's more the individual battles, board battles, all those little things, puck possession battles. Can he handle it? Is, is he a man yet? You know, that's kind of, you know, the decision, usually determining factor whether you can stay in the league. You can play in the league, but can you stay in the league? And uh, that, that, that's kind of what we're looking at. Is that the same difference you've seen in these last couple of games? Yeah, and he's probably been assertive in these games too. I mean, I think my experience with call-up guys is after a couple of them, it, it clicks in like, if I want to stay in this league, you know, I got to bear down every shift. You know, it's a, it's not an easy league to play in. Um, but if I feel I have the ability and can skate and be strong, then I got to do it every night. So that could be his mindset now too, right? After a while, you're you don't want to get sent down again. It's kind of like this is my opportunity. You look around, it's like we got guys out. Uh, I'm playing with two, you know, very good NHL players. I'm going to do everything I can to keep my spot. And that's usually, that's the mental challenge. Um, some guys are ready for it, some aren't. And uh, I hope that's his mindset, that hey, I'm going to hang on to this job or beat someone out of this job, whatever it is. And, you mentioned a couple times he liked him Well, I thought he, was, he could play with good players. And when the puck found him, he could make a play, he could get it to the net. Um, he wasn't nervous handling it or didn't overhandle it. or He executed well. Um, you know, for me, it was a little bit of the, the pace and, the, and the, the wall work that, you know, he was going to have to keep working on. But again, like when, when he was at camp, he wasn't going to go take Marcia's, you know what I mean? Like the job he needs, he needed, he almost needed someone to fail or get hurt that's up in the lineup for him to truly succeed. 
And we thought about it. You know, we could have just plugged him in the fourth line with, you know, Teddy and Cotter. I just and and, you know, we thought, okay, we gave Ammo a shot there. We're going to give this young guy a shot. His best chance for success was playing with more skilled players. That's what we felt. Give him the best chance to succeed. If he can't handle it, he can't handle it. Some guys do, some guys don't. So far, he's handled it. So um, I like where we put him because I think he can complement those guys. And in training camp, I can't remember which lines he was on, but he might have been in played with young guys and veteran guys, but maybe not enough with veteran guys, you know, in hindsight, I don't know. Um, that's the drawback when you have less games in training camp to truly get a look at the guys that are very close, you know. We did use a lot of games on Ronnie and, and Cots, but that was a little bit about the waivers and, and Lashishan. We thought they were closer. Um, but Pav wasn't that far either. And, and But he was a little younger than them. I guess that was the process more. We really need to get a better read on those guys that were waiver eligible more than and that's just the business of it sometimes right they just get a little extra look um and eventually if they're going to push their way through they will and here we are yeah i think playing against good competition is good obviously would we like an easier game along the way? Of course, uh, a less physical one sometimes going into the playoffs that they're not, you know, but we're not preparing that way, Gosh. I mean, we're preparing to play good hockey teams. Um, you know, we've done a good job with that. We took our foot off the gas against Montreal. You know, we eventually got it back, but you got to be careful. So it doesn't matter. I mean, they're not in. And if you don't play the right way, then Philly came back on us the other night. I don't think it was, you know, they, they had a good push, give them credit, but. So it doesn't matter that, you know, who you play, you got to be, you know, aiming for a 60 minute game in this league if you expect to win on a regular basis. So we're still working on that. But some of these playoff type teams, yeah, I think it can benefit our guys for sure. We get into that mentality. Yeah, he's, you know, he's a no maintenance guy. He goes out, he works hard every day. He's quiet. Uh, he'll ask the appropriate questions, um, relishes his role. I think when you come in this time of the year, you don't want to have to take a long time to get acclimated. I think that's the challenge of a trade deadline acquisition. Both our guys have come in seamlessly and then it's obviously quick too. I think that's a little different a position. Um, but at the end of the day, they've come in and just gone to work. D d do, it, do what you do best and complement you know, the, the team. And that, that's why they were good fits for us. We're not trying to figure out, okay, who can he play with? Who does he have to play with? We know what they do, both of them. And they've been slotted in and areas that have helped us and they've just played their game. There's Bruce Cassidy at City National Arena this morning. Uh, first time that uh, the media mass in the Las Vegas Valley has an opportunity to talk to the head coach in a while. Coming off the 4-1 road trip and a lot of the attention focused on the goaltenders who mm -hmm. made an appearance today. Logan Thompson and Laurent Bressois were on rehab ice adjacent to the Golden Knights morning skate, so we got to see them in uniform. Aiden Hill not uh, skating just yet, but uh, looks like Thompson and Bressois are closer yep. than we maybe initially thought. Seeing them in uniform is great and gliding across the ice. So one of the big uh, storylines on the road trip, though, was the adjustments they made in the power play mm -hmm. with Jack Eichel in the number one unit playing in a different spot. Now, he's never played up top before. Yeah. That's normally where a defenseman plays. 
One, because defensemen usually have really hard clappers. Well, that's left the game in a lot of regards. Uh, but also because defensemen are a lot more comfortable patrolling the line when you're the last line of defense. Sure. Yeah. Where they're used to making that quick decision if you're into a, a hard-checking position mm-hmm. where if you get the shot blocked or somebody chips it away from you, they're gone the other way. Uh, so Jack, I think Jack's going to work through that a little bit and get comfortable uh, in listening to him a little bit. Uh, it's a really different spot for him, and I, I think a lot of people, it's making a lot of people realize how good defensemen are mm-hmm. in, in that <laughs> regard. Now, Jack can do whatever he wants. He's that skilled back there. But it's just mentally, it's like, oh, I'm not in the half boards here. Mm-hmm. There's nobody behind me if, if this puck slips off my sticks or bounces off. But I like the, I, I like what, Bruce Cassidy is doing here. Jack's a distributor mm-hmm. more than a shooter. Yeah. And he's got a great one-timer, but he doesn't use it a lot. So giving Shea Theodore and Jonathan Marchessault so those one-time options, I, I think is uh, is a really neat look and not something that I expected to see this year yeah. uh, out of that number one unit. Yeah, and, and in the in the case of Shea Theodore specifically, he's not afraid to throw it on net either. Like, that's the that's the thing. When you have one-time options, you have to have players that are willing to shoot the puck. And when you mention Marcheseau and, and, and Theodore... Marcheseau's played on that elbow his entire career up yeah. until here. Yeah, and, and th- both guys are willing to shoot the puck. Shea Theodore gets them through. Shea Theodore has been, uh, to me the guy that's, that's really been in the middle of what's gone right for the Golden Knights on the power play. And as you mentioned, Jack is a distributor, but he's also a guy that you know is, is able to make reads, is able to hold on to the puck long enough to kind of open up lanes and open up seams. And the more options you give Jack and the more space to work with, I think the more you have uh, the ability to, to throw some different looks on teams, and that's what the Golden Knights are going to need to do on the pa- on the power play. Well, he's got two options. So he's right in the middle of the ice. Let's paint a picture for everybody. Yeah. He's on the blue line, inside the zone, right in the front of the net, like mm-hmm. right on top of the uh, offensive zone. He can go left. He can go right. If the team sags back, the opposition sags back, he can move in. He can take his wrist shot, which is deadly. Yeah. Uh, if they force him a little bit, then he's got options because it takes away defenders from the elbows from the side of the three-point line, if you want to point it that way, sure. uh, to Theodore or Marshall. So Marshall loves taking that shot. When, when Mirmanov was up, when everybody was hurt, mm-hmm. one of Mirmanov's strength was giving it to Marshall in that one-time spot. Sure. So yeah. look, for, look for that little twinkle to the man advantage. It's scored in back-to-back games now, uh, a chance to go on a little bit of a run here. Uh, during the the final 14 games of the season. Yeah, and you're going to need it, right? I I think that's going to be a big key for the Golden Knights in the final 14 games as you gear up for the playoffs. You you have to allow your special teams to be difference makers for you, and and specifically the power play. And, you know, Bruce Cassidy, he certainly thinks about it a lot. It is a, a, a project for him to try to make sure that this power play is operating as best it can with the personnel it has. And these different looks and different wrinkles are, 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 have come at a time where you want a little bit more. And I think the Golden Knights have responded. Now you have to just keep keep working at the consistency and finding ways to have your power play be impactful for you. One thing at stake tonight is, well, there's a lot. There's a chance to 
continue a, a winning streak that mm-hmm. is at four right now. Yep. So you can move that uh, to uh, past the halfway point of the longest winning streak of the season, which is nine. Uh, you've got a home ice winning streak, which enters at three. You can push that uh, a little bit higher. The other one that uh, is on a more individual standpoint is Jonathan Quick. He left on the road trip getting his first taste of action with the Vegas Golden Knights. It was a get-your-feet-wet game against the Montreal Canadiens mm-hmm. in which they had to battle in the third period to win that game. Yeah. Little did we know that when they came back from the road trip, he would go from getting his feet wet to being the guy. Sure, yeah. Like, it it happened fast. Yeah, yeah. Where he was insurance, and now he's the man. Yeah. And Jonathan Quick... One is three starts on the road. Mm-hmm. He can tie Robin Leonard and Aiden Hill for the best start in a Vegas Golden Knight uniform as a goaltender by winning his first five games. Mm-hmm. That's another thing that is, well, did you see that two months ago? No, no, I don't think anybody did. And and certainly because, you know, Jonathan Quick, I don't, I don't believe was, any, was on anybody's radar. Um, even the idea that he'd be moved from Los Angeles, then again, that he would eventually wind up here in Vegas, but uh, the fact of the matter is, like, but it shows how far his games turn yeah, around. Yeah, that's and that's that's where I want to go. Right, the idea that anyone should be surprised by this, if you know anything about Jonathan Quick, what his career has been, when this guy has turned it up and gone to another level, it's been when there have been doubters. It has been when it, it's supposed to be everybody but Jonathan Quick. I'm not at all surprised that he comes in here. He's 4-0, and and he's got great numbers through those four games with the Vegas Golden Knights. He's a competitor, and all he wants to do is win hockey games and prove people wrong, and that's what he's doing right now. We'll follow that as we continue. We've got some tickets to give away to the Edmonton Oilers game on the back half of the home and home here at uh, T-Mobile Arena. Call us right now, 702-876-1340. Be caller number, I won't go 99, the Oilers' uh, greatest number, but I will go caller number 32 for Jonathan Quick. Oh, wow. Haven't done this in a while to you. I know, I know. I'm sorry, Chapman. I I really am because I love you like a brother. Uh, My brother used to beat up me too. Uh, the uh, the number to call, 702-876-1340. We will send you to see the Vegas Golden Knights against the Edmonton Oilers in the final couple of home games uh, for the Vegas Golden Knights, and you will be there. Catching up with Chapman is on the way, but first, it's one-timers. News notes from around the National Hockey League on the other side. Maybe a two-on-one. Petrangelo gets it. He shoots. He scores. It's time for one-timers. One-timers. Short-handed goal. Alex Petrangelo. Quick looks at some of the biggest stories of the day on the VGK Insider Show. All right, got to be fast with this one. Let's get to the Calgary Flames and the Vegas Golden Knights game tonight first. How impactful do you think the opening 10 minutes will be? Uh, I think it's going to be huge for the Vegas Golden Knights. And and I I mean that in that if they're able to get to their game, if they're able to do what they've done so well over the last four games, that score first, I think that the Calgary Flames are a fragile enough team right now that they can turn that into something. So I think it's going to be important. You know Vegas is 8-0 all time against Calgary in this building? Oh, boy. 8-0. You went and did it. There you go. You went you and did it. it. You got it uh, going in the right direction. Have not trailed in the last four games. Yeah. So they've got that going for them. Uh, Canadians against the Panthers. Spent a lot of time on it in the first hour where it was 7-3. 
for the Panthers in the first 13 minutes of the game. Yeah. Let's get an update. Yeah, it's 9-4 to four, uh, about midway through the second period. 9-4 nine, nine to four in favor of the Florida Panthers. Jake Allen is still in net for the Montreal Canadiens. He's allowed six goals. 24-13 are the shots. 9-4. <laughs> Will it get double digits? You got to think. We better. Like, don't, okay, don't, how high does it go? Ten is a given. Uh, I I say I say the Panthers score twelve goals. Then you're getting into goofy territory. Yeah, yeah I want twelve. Where, no, where where things could go off the rails. You might get an altercation I, or no, two. No, I don't think so. Not, uh, not from the Canadians. I they're, guys, going, they're going through the motions right now. Come on. No, guys get upset with that stuff when you, when you start. Getting into goofy territory, Darren. It's nine to four, and no one's I done know. anything. There's been no pushback. You you watch and see. I'm just saying, if it it gets into double figures, we're getting into goofy territory. Like last night, Minnesota Wild against the <laughs> St. Louis Blues, and and that was a that was a goofy game. Sure, high scoring oh, affair. Yeah. Sure. Finished eight five. The Minnesota Wild scored five goals in the second period, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and they erased a two goal deficit. And took a two-goal lead yeah. in the third period. And in the middle of it all, Jordan Bennington gets scored on, and Ryan Hartman trips over his leg. And during the Minnesota Wild celebration, Bennington comes over, and he gives him a blocker and a stick to the to the face. Yeah. Not, not good. Can't do that. You can't do that because uh, you can't punch with a blocker. And he, he got a match penalty for it. Yep. He also gets a two-game suspension today. Rightfully which so. Is, uh, which I think is a great message. Uh, I don't think anybody's going to argue that it's about when, time when, you we go flying in, uh, when you go flying in with with the blocker yeah but in the midst of that mm-hmm. uh mark andre Fleury came charging down sure did and tried to get involved in a goalie fight he did do it except the linesmen were on it uh oh, the linesmen took jordan bennington out of the fray uh-huh they well they they did have him no, they, and no, they Mark, did. Mark Andre and, Fleury and, had the. By yeah. all means, Jordan Mark, Binnington had a firm grasp on the linesman too. Mark Andre Fleury was protected by the linesman. A lot of people were wondering, why does that happen? Mm-hmm. Why do the linesman jump in? Do you know why? I'm assuming it's a player safety issue. If a player removes his helmet to participate in a fight, the linesmen are instructed they have to jump in. For players' safety, mm-hmm. Mark Andre Fleury removed his gloves and his helmet, and that's why the linesman went at Mark Andre Fleury. The other linesman was already on Jordan Bennington at the time, trying to get him out of the middle of it. That's why the linesman didn't just back off and let them go. There was a lot of uh, internet conversation of mad at the linesman. They're they were I'm, doing exactly what they were supposed to do. I'm not mad at the linesman. No, I'm, t- t- there's a I'm lot tired also. of the bit with Jordan Bennington. What, like, what if, bit if was it? What, what do you mean, what bit was it? This guy's never going to actually fight anybody. Well, I'm not sure he could do more than what he did last night. Well, he, I mean, he's perfectly, perfectly good at sucker punching other guys and then making sure he's got seven or eight people in front of him before someone actually tries to throw a punch at him. Well, I thought the linesman did a pretty good job getting him out of there. No, the linesman did a great job, and so did Jordan Bennington holding on for dear life. And you can't you, you can't abuse an official or Listen, else you're gone Darren, for a Darren, number how many times has Jordan Bennington tried, air quotes, tried to fight somebody? Ten? Twelve? Yeah. 
If you wanted it as bad as you claim that he does, as he claims that he does, it would have happened by now. What Jordan, Jordan wasn't trying to fight Marc-Andre Fleury. He was going after Ryan Hartman. The, the Fleury thing happened after the fact. You, you have said multiple times on this show, he wants to fight. Oh, yeah. Jordan Bennington wants to fight somebody. He'll, he'll fight somebody. Okay. If you've done this now ten times throughout your career, and it has never gotten to a point where you have actually engaged one-on-one with somebody when they were aware and standing in front of you as opposed to getting jumped from behind by you, I'm sorry, you don't want it as bad as you proclaim that you want it. He's the fakest tough guy in the NHL. No, you yeah. are. No, he is. You are. Because I he am. actually plays in the NHL. How, have you ever I, seen I don't, that I don't, I don't run around running my mouth well, you trying are to get people to fight me, you and then I hide behind now. 75 people. I'm sorry. It's ridiculous. Have you ever seen a tango with one person? It's really awkward. Okay. All right. It's really weird looking. You need two people to so, tango. So Craig Berube sitting him down earlier this season to say, hey, why don't you focus on stopping pucks? Like, yeah. that, that's not warranted in this situation. You can't continually do it and then not actually do the thing. So last it's night just, was a situation where he went at Hartman because Hartman tripped over him. Hartman could have easily walked around him. I know exactly what Ryan Hartman was doing. Sure, I, fair. I get it. Uh, I know exactly what Jordan Bennington was doing, uh, going after Ryan Hartman as a way to try and get his own team going. They, they were so soft last night in front of their own net. Bennington was trying to fire up. It didn't work. Uh, maybe, I know that. maybe his it, maybe he was his trying his to fire up his up. own team to get involved in the game and get engaged. And that was the same way as I've seen a lot of goaltenders over the years try to to wheel their their team into it. It doesn't happen as much anymore. Look, the Golden Knights goalie coach mm-hmm. was one of the greatest of all time at leading his team into it, whether it was a slash whether it was a hack whether it was verbal jawing or whether it was a flat-out fight he was one of the greatest leaders that that has ever played the position of goal in sean burke they wanted to make him a captain they wanted to make him a captain on one of his teams uh and and he would get involved and and he would stir things up it doesn't always go your way hextall did it uh Uh we we've seen you're talking uh, about you're talking about guys that actually did it but the the but before now there's a different the National Hockey League wants nothing to do with and, with goalie and fights. I'm fine with zero. That. Then then they then Jordan Bennington has to stop trying to instigate them. No, because then you'd have nothing to say. I don't want to have anything to say. I'm tired of the bit, and I guarantee you, his teammates probably tired of it too. No, they. They love it. They're giggling behind yeah. closed doors. Yeah, you get lit up for five goals in the middle frame. You lose a lead, and, you're, and you're 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 doing this. You're trying to get the crowd involved hey. and get them fired up. Save the puck, right? Watch, how many times do you talk about highlights. how many times do you talk about it? It's the goalie's job to save the puck, right? And it's Stop the goalie's job to get get into the game. Watch those highlights. Tell me how many of those goals. Okay, during the commercial break, you watch the highlights. Tell me how many of the goals were uh, were his fault. Those are one-timers. News notes from the National Hockey League for this Thursday. Martin on Fox Sports Las Vegas. When the guy wouldn't stop talking, we had no choice but to give him his own segment. It's time for Catching Up with Chapman. Oh, Christopher. Hi, Darren. Missed you yesterday. 
But uh, oh, that's a nice thing to say. Yeah. Well, you know, we, I was napping. I know. I know. I thought you were spending time with the family. I was, and then I fell asleep. And had a nap. <laughs> I was actually supposed to go on with Cofield, and I missed my hit because I fell asleep. You know who probably got yelled at for that? Ari. Of course. Yeah. Yep. So. Yep. I, I, I want to add my take on the Bennington flurry thing. I'm I'm totally with Ryan. Like the bit is getting old with Jordan Bennington. Like either either fight somebody. He's trying. No, he's not trying. He he he's an instigator. He blockered somebody in the head and got a two game suspension. Yeah, from behind. But if, there's there's five guys on the ice that could have beat him up, and he got dragged out of there by the referee. If, if he wanted to fight Ryan Hartman, he should have gone up and fought Ryan Hartman. Now that would have been something goalie against Ryan Hartman. But I, I don't believe he really wants it. Like, I think he, he gives a perception that he wants it, but I just don't think he does. I've seen fake tough guys. I don't think he's soft. I know soft. fake tough guys. Now, now, I don't, he's, I, he's not fake. Now, I think he's pretty... I, I would imagine he's a tough guy. I mean, he's a big fella. Like, he's tall. Yeah. So, like, I, I don't think he's a wimp. I just don't think he really wants the smoke. Like, I, I think he, he wants the perception... That he wants it. You but guys buy into this thing that he's a fake tough guy. He's doing no, everything he I, can. I, 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 I love him. I think he's great for our game. I, I do too. It's it's good to have a villain. And yes. and he embraces being the villain. It's fun. Like, yeah. like I think the San Jose Sharks embrace being the villain against the Golden Knights. And maybe the Golden Knights embrace being the villain against the entire NHL. Because it seems like fans are, are back to hating the like Golden Knights again. Thicker. Yeah, but... but but we we like if push came to shove, we go. Probably, we go yeah, yeah. I mean, I we throw down. I, I I got the weight advantage on you, so so I'd have to feel pretty confident. Low center of gravity. Yeah, well, I'm short. I'm a short, uh, fat guy. Hey, so you know what I saw today when I walked into T-Mobile on one of the monitors? What's that? Sumo wrestling. Oh, you know what? I I will get to the arena early and I'll I'll watch it. I don't know why it was game. on. I don't know why they're still on, but I uh, I knew that you're. Uh, I am uh, a big a sumo, yeah. Well, right now is the March uh, tournament, which is taking place in Osaka. Uh, I believe they're on they day five. They had the audio five. mixed up. They, I heard talk about the New Jersey Devils, and, <laughs> but it was sumo wrestling. So I was, I was listening going, what is going on here? Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm not sure too many people would confuse the Devils with, with uh, sumo. But, yeah, I, I will be watching it tonight. What's funny is I'll watch it on, in the press box during intermissions, and people will walk by it, and they're fascinated by the fact that I'm into it, and I and I am pretty good at predicting. Where are you watching that? What you? I I bring my iPad uh, and I'll, I'll you know watch what you're it. You're supposed to be watching during the intermission. You? Yes. Yeah, but there's no volume. There's no the, volume on the television. I see you. Closed captioning, baby. I don't have control over that. I Who do I, feel bad for the person closed captioning me at times. Oh, I mean, did I ever tell you about the uh, the call I got from? Somebody one time because I was a very poor speller and the closed captioning <laughs> from the prompter went right out as the closed captioning, so my spelling went out and I got a, I got lit up for my. Uh, what my what did you spell wrong? I, everything. Oh well, I that's not surprising. It, I didn't know at the time that that went out as the closed captioning. I'm not shocked. I'm not shocked that you spelled everything wrong. So you're going to be down here tonight? Yeah, yeah. I, I I missed the last Calgary game, so this is my only opportunity to see the Flames this year. So. Uh, I always enjoy the games between these two teams because they tend to be pretty feisty. Come on over and say hi, but don't do it during the intermission because I'm busy. Oh, I, I might wave to you. Give me a wave. Yeah, Pass yeah. Me and wave. Yeah, Dur- I, I could be like one of those fans, like during during your uh, your your hit, yes. your show. Yeah, do that. I got <laughs> lots of fans though. Maybe you could sign up for a uh, one of those cameo uh, cameo things.